Okay, people, fantasy draft season is over, and you, Brewski, 150 your way to a hell of a team. The season is here, and the Fantasy Pass is still the best deal in the industry at just $4.99 a month. And now that we're into the regular season, there's zero commitment. Sign up for one month for just 5 bucks. If you don't like it, you can cancel it. We know you'll love it. You'll say you'll keep it. But anyways, it's nice to have options in life. The Fantasy Pass has everything you need to dominate all year long. Updating projections, new fantasy appraiser tools, schedule and streaming charts, pickups, drops, and our newest and coolest feature, the Hoop Ball Discord server, where you can hang out with all our hoop ball pros, including myself, around the clock to get one-on-one help with your team. So please do check it out. Head to hoop-ball.com and click on the Fantasy Pass ad just below the main media wall and get the plug for your success for the fantasy basketball season. The following is a hoop ball presentation. Plays it into Trey. Two seconds one. Trey Slaughter. Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, on MLK Day, such an important day here in Atlanta and across the nation, as we are reminded of the work of the late, great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and what he stood for and how his message is needed now more than ever. And the Hawks wore their special MLK jerseys, and they had the court on display today to go along with it. I got my MLK shirt on right now as a record. And the Hawks win. It wasn't pretty, but we got the dub. Players stepped up when we needed them. And we're going to get all into the game after this plug from my bookie. If you like losing money, turn this off right now. But if you love free band, free bands, just like Super Future, then keep listening. Sports betting is getting huge across the nation. And all of my homies Love to bet on games. There are a bunch of sites out there for sports betting, but all of my homies love my bookie. Why? Because it's so easy to use. And since y'all my homies too, I'm going to plug you. All my homies listening right now can sign up for my bookie with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus. 100%, just like an A-plus in school. Hopefully you got them, but if not, this your chance to get 100%. You like playing blackjack? There are some very fun and free blackjack tournaments, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. There is so much that you can do on my bookie, and the best thing is, 
is that no cash is required to enter. And you can win up to $100 in daily challenges and up to $1,000 in weekly tournaments. So you want a chance at free cash money? Then again, my homies, sign up with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus and try to score some, in the words of future, like I said earlier, free band, free band. All right, and we are back. Keys for the game today. Not many grandier keys for this game, in my opinion. Just execute on both ends of the floor. That's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see them execute and close out down the stretch to win the game, which they did today. I wanted them to shoot better from three-point range and find some rhythm as a team from behind the arc. They definitely did that today. I wanted to see them dominate the paint. Huge check there. And just win, baby, win, in the words of the great Al Davis, RIP. Just win. And they just won. They needed to do some things a little bit better. But, hey, we will take it. Beggars cannot be choosers at this point. Injury report going into the game. Out was Cam Reddish with the knee. Chris Dunn still out. Danilo Gallinari out. And Bogdan Bogdanovich starting lineup. At the one, Trey Young. At the two, Kevin Herter in replace of Cam Reddish and Bogey when he gets in the lineup. At the three, the constant, DeAndre Hunter. John Collins at the four and Clint Capella at the five. Game flow. It'll be abbreviated game flow today. I admit I was at work. Had to follow the game through ESPN stats and through Twitter. Got to watch a little bit of it as I got home, but I wanted to get this episode out. So we're going to make it a very abbreviated as it was just very sloppy. Hawks started off slow, 2-7 from the field, but 7-0 run, woke the offense up. They got a little bit jump-started early in the first quarter with some explosive plays from DeAndre Hunter and John Collins with some big dunks. Got the team going, but throughout the game, turnovers was the story, which was a season high in turnovers. We'll get that number a little later in the program. And foul trouble from some key players. Kept the T-Wolves basically in striking distance no matter what the score was. No matter if the Hawks were up by 15, 7, 8. They were in striking distance because the Hawks hurt themselves ultimately in this game. And it was a sloppy, sloppy game, as I said. And the Hawks should have won this game by 20-plus points, in my opinion. But due to excellent free-throw shooting from the Hawks, some big performances from two of the three players of the Magic City trio, the young wings for Atlanta. Clint Capella continues his dominant stretch on both ends of the floor and, and continues to be a difference maker for the Hawks. The Hawks would compete the entire game out of necessity due to bad offense in the second half and particularly the third quarter and there was a 16 minute stretch in the second half where the Hawks only scored 24 points luckily Minnesota was not great as well and outside of D'Angelo Russell they really didn't get a lot of offense on the Timberwolves side with a whole bunch of players being out i.e. Cat and Ricky Rubio and the Hawks would get stops when they needed down the stretch they would execute offensively down the stretch the Hawks got it with Trey Young getting himself to the free throw line down the stretch and Herter, Hunter hitting some big shots and some defensive stops when they were actually allowed to get set because they were in transition a lot due to a lot of turnovers. 
And But, hey, they won the game. That's all that matters. As I said, they should have won by 20-plus points, but they end up winning by 11 from a score of 108-97. Going into the stats for both teams today, the Hawks shot 46.8% from the field and 39.3% from three-point range. The best three-point shooting percentage in several games for the Hawks. We'll definitely take that. And the Hawks also shot 92% from the free throw line, making 23 of their 25 attempts, which was a huge key in them getting this dub. Timberwolves shot just under 40% from the field and just under 38% from the three-point line. Hawks would out-rebound Minnesota 48-39, as they should have, because Minnesota was decimated in that front court. However, the Hawks lost the offensive rebounding margin, which I think needs to be an emphasis going forward as far as limiting opponents, getting second-chance opportunities, and crashing the glass on the offensive end for them. It's a bit nitpicky, but against bigger teams, this will be a bigger deal. As, I mean, Portland won the stat the game prior, and they won the game. And their schedule is going to get tough for the Hawks, so they really need to tighten up a lot of different things across the board as a team. And I will talk about that schedule that's real daunting coming up. What really kept this game from being a blowout like it should have been, as I said, is a season-high of 26 turnovers from the Hawks, which led to 26 Minnesota Timberwolf points. This is unacceptable. LP spoke about the sloppiness of the game today, and Brad Rowland from Locked On Hawks pointed out that the Hawks had a true shooting percentage today of 60%, but they only won by 11, and the turnovers really made this game, as I said, uglier as far as execution-wise for the Hawks, and it made the game tighter than it should have been down the stretch. And turnovers killed the Hawks, especially defensively, because the defense, when it was allowed to get set, played really good today. But you put the defense in a bad spot, having to be put in transition when you turn the ball over. And again, Minnesota kept the score close because of all the friendly fires and miscues on part of the Hawks. Both teams had a lot of steals today as Minnesota had 16 steals and the Hawks had 15 and the Hawks will win points in the paint 44 to 38. We're going to talk about stats for both teams, but quick, a pug for Bruce Letter. Okay, quickly, we need to pause the show for an announcement and it's a fun one. It's free stuff. Everybody loves free stuff. What's the stuff? The Bruce Letter is back. Oh, yes. Back and fresh for the 2020-2021 NBA season. Our founder, Aaron Bruski, the GOAT, is writing an email newsletter filled with its most intimate fantasy nuggets. It's exclusive content you cannot find anywhere else. It's not on the website. It's not on any podcast. It's not on social media. It's only in an email newsletter. And you can sign up to get it for free. I said it for free. Just go to bit.ly slash bruise letter 2021 and sign up in 10 seconds 
1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 10 seconds. Again, the site is bit.ly slash bruise letter 2021. And you get it straight from the GOAT and Brewski into your inbox and enjoy the nuggets to help you succeed in your fantasy basketball league. All right, and we are back for the T-Wolves. D'Angelo Russell, no surprise, was the leading scorer for Minnesota, scoring 31 points on 11 of 22 shooting from the floor and went 6 of 13 from the three-point line, also went 3 of 5 from the free throw line. He added seven assists, four steals, three rebounds, and a block. He did all he had to do to keep the T-Wolves in this game, but just did not really have much help outside of himself and a couple of other players with Carl Anthony Towns and Rubio out. So that ultimately led to them losing the game. Malik Beasley had 15 points, but on five of 17 shooting, so very inefficient from the floor. But he did go four of 10 from the three-point line, which helped. But that just means, obviously, from, from two-point attempts, Malik Beasley only went one of nine, which is bad. So you will definitely take that. He's known as a sharpshooter, but we'll take that inefficient shooting, and that was a big key in them losing. He did add five rebounds, three assists, a block, and a steal. The number one pick from this year's draft, Atlanta native Anthony Edwards, who had family and friends in attendance at today's game here in Atlanta, scored 12 points off the bench, but on five of 16 shooting, and he went 2 of 5 from the three-point line. And then the starting front court of Vanderbilt and Nas Reed for Minnesota only combined for 17 points and 10 rebounds, which was huge as our front court definitely dominated their front court as they should have, rightfully so. And that led to, obviously, the T-Wolves getting an L here in ATL. For the Hawks. Leading scorer was DeAndre Hunter, who scored 25 points and had himself a day. Outside of five fouls and six turnovers for Hunter, he was stellar all game from wire to wire for the Hawks. He shot 8 of 15 from the floor, 3 of 6 from the three-point line, continues to be aggressive, getting to the free throw line, and he hit six of his seven attempts from there. He also added four rebounds, three steals, to assist. If it wasn't for other stories around the league, like Christian Wood, who's having a monstrous year in Houston, and also the Hawks having a sub-500 record currently, there should be more and would be more chatter for DeAndre Hunter being in a discussion for most improved player of the year. He's certainly been a fixture at the three, and he's going to continue to be a fixture at the three for potentially years to come here in Atlanta. I've really liked what I've seen from him in year two. He's getting better game to game, which is what I like to see, and it shows how much he worked on his game in this offseason as he wanted to come in and be a force on the defensive end and continue to grow offensively. I love what I'm seeing from Hunter. We're going to need that continually going forward as the games get tougher and tougher, and it's coming quick for the Hawks. Clint Capella and double-double continues to be a phrase that is uttered, and I love it. He continues to score a lot of points, and he took advantage, again, of a decimated front court. He put up 23 points today on 10 of 16 shooting from the floor. 
hit all three of his free throw attempts. Hallelujah. He grabbed 15 rebounds and four on offensive glass. He also added two assists, two steals, and three blocks. Continues to show off his motor, his aggressiveness, and he is just outworking opponents the last few games, and he's in a rhythm and a groove, and he's been a difference maker, as I said earlier, for the Hawks on both ends of the floor this year. He has not been the reason why we've had some losses recently. I will tell you that. He's brought it every game. Trey Young, who has been spotty, scored 20 points today, but only put up eight shots and made three of them. So three of eight from the floor, 20 points. He went two of five from the three-point line. I like the two threes he hit, but what got him to 20 points, going 12 of 13 from the free throw line, which I like to see because for some reason after Steve Nash and everybody points to it, after he complained about Trey Young's fouls that he was getting, he stopped getting those calls, and it really affected his game. But he got to the free throw line today, and it really made a difference, especially as the team shot well from the charity strike. He had another double-double today, and close to a triple-double, he had 13 assists to go with his 20 points, grabbed eight rebounds, and added three steals. Although he was in foul trouble in the game, and he was out for some stretches, which led to him only having eight field goal attempts, in my opinion. And he also had six turnovers, but a win is a win. He got his teammates involved, as you saw from the assist numbers. And he executed down the stretch, unlike against Portland. So win some, lose some, you'll take the good with the bad. And I'm sure he's going to continue to grow and learn game to game and continue to try to play the best that he can play and just take what the defense is giving to him. I know he tries to force a lot of things and that's a young player. That's a player who just wants to create for up for others. And obviously he just really wants to win. That's not him being selfish. It's being selfless at times, but He's going to have to continue to clean that up because if you contribute to getting 26 turnovers against some of the teams we're going to play going forward, we're going to not win the game. We're going to get beat like we got beat in Utah, if not worse, with some of the competition coming up. Kevin Herter was big today as well, and I was happy to see as he scored 17 points on 7-16 shooting from the field, also went 3-8 of eight from three-point range. He was close to a triple-double as well, posting eight assists and grabbing six rebounds. He also had four steals to add to his stat line. And I love that with Reddish and Bogey out, Kevin Herter has stepped up along with the consistency from DeAndre Hunter, especially when JC and Trey Young are not dominating games and they're exploiting mismatches with Capella. The Hawks are continuing to find ways to get it done when their top two players are not dominant doing the things that they are supposed to do. Speaking of top two players, John Collins still isn't getting the shot attempts I want to see, but a win is a win. I'm sure he'll take it. And it's crazy today. He got eight field goal attempts, had the same number of attempts as Trey Young. John Collins will go six of eight from the floor, though. Shot one of two from the three-point line. Hit both of his free throw attempts, scored 15 points, grabbed seven rebounds, two assists, and four blocks today. And he actually had the highest plus minus on the team at plus 22. So, again, 
He's a very positive impact on the court for the Hawks. And like I said, he'll take the win. And then Tony Snell played well off the bench, adding six points, both of them being three-pointers early in the first half to add some energy. They they finished today, but they got to play better offensively in the second half. That's been a trend over the last few games. They got to figure out whenever the, the opposing team makes defensive adjustments to slow them down offensively, we got to adjust offensively just like we're doing on the defensive end now. We have to adjust offensively to continue to get good looks for this Hawks team because an abysmal third quarter they had, and if it wasn't for them turning it up in the fourth quarter and actually getting some shots being made and better defense being played down the stretch, they could have lost this game as well, which would have been just awful, awful for the Hawks. But like I said, we will take the win. But we got to take care of the ball. We got to continue to win on the glass rebounding. And if Trey Young and John Collins are not going to be dominant, these contributions that we're getting outside of them from Capella, Hunter, Herder, whenever we get Gallo back, whenever we get Reddish back, we are going to need those going forward. And these outside contributions, especially if Trey and JC are on, are just going to make this Hawks team more dangerous. But we're going to need everyone to be on going forward. I'll talk about that in a minute. Gallinari's close to being back. He's been apparently passing all of the tests, the baseline of him getting back on the floor and playing with this team. That's certainly going to help with some depth on the bench, some more offensive prowess, and open up some plays for other. I figure Reddish will not be out long, as it was a knee contusion that kept him out today. And... Hopefully he'll be back in the next couple of games. And help is going to be on the way for this Hawks team going forward. We definitely got right this game, which I wanted to see them just win, baby, win today. They did that. And they got right in the win column. But as I said, there's still things they need to get better at. But I will point to the good. I'll take the intensity and confidence on the defensive end that I saw. I'll take the better three-point shooting. I'll take the increased production from Capella, Hunter, and Herter. Like I said, we still got to work out the yin and yang of getting Trey and JC going offensively at the same time. And we got away with it today versus Minnesota, but we're going to have to figure out going forward how to get them both playing their games and being dominant and still getting this contribution from everybody else. They closed the game better today, executed down the stretch better, and Lloyd Pierce said that that was a focus coming into the game. And as I said, the defense was pretty good today, especially when they were able to get set and they weren't responding to turnovers. They played pretty good today, especially when Collins and Capella shared the floor, which according to a stat that we saw on Twitter, when they are on the floor together, Collins and Capella, they posted a 95.7 defensive rating together. That is a bright spot going forward. We're going to have to bring that defensive intensity game in and game out. The next game will be on Wednesday here in Atlanta. And right now the Hawks sit in first place in the Southeast Division, which is hard to imagine. They have a half-game lead on Orlando, Charlotte, and Miami right now. And are sitting at eight in the East as far as the standings. But it's still early and still much room 
for growth and improvement, and we are going to need it. As I said, this competition is about to stiffen in the next couple of games. They will have another chance on Wednesday against an inferior opponent, against Detroit, who the Hawks beat earlier this year, 128-120 in the State Farm Arena. But back then, Detroit did not have Derrick Rose and Blake Griffin playing. And they're both healthy now. So as tough as the previous game versus the Pistons was, and it was a little too close for comfort for a lot of people, they have added firepower now, and they will certainly be a tough out. So the Hawks will have to be ready, and they will hopefully get healthy as well, and they can put together a few games in a row. They will play Minnesota again on Friday in the Twin Cities, and I'm sure they will look to execute better than they did today with the 26 turnovers and a lot of missed opportunities. And if they can beat Detroit, beat Minnesota, that'll be a three-game winning streak, put them to 8-7 and seven. Sunday. This is when the schedule really stiffens out between now and basically the end of February with some games, winnable games here and there, but it's going to be tough sledding for the Hawks. This is the big thing I wanted to talk about today on this program to look forward to. On Sunday on NBA TV, they go against the Milwaukee Bucks, the big three in Middleton, Drew Holiday, and of course, MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo. They're going to definitely... Be a tough, tough test for this Hawks team. The front court is going to have to come ready, be physical, and they're going to have to figure out a, a wonderful defensive game plan to try to slow down Giannis and also keep those other two players a part of that big three at bay. And then after that, it doesn't get easier. As I said, after the Bucks, they will come back here to Atlanta, play the Clippers at home. And then they play the new-look Nets here at home with James Harden putting up almost triple-doubles every night since he's been in a Brooklyn Nets uniform. Still got Kevin Durant. Still got Joe Harris, who's been scoring. And I think he's going to, you know, with those two players and Kyrie, I imagine he's going to be back. He's been in conditioning right now, trying to get back on the court. So I expect him to be back. And with those big three, with Harden, Durant, and Kyrie, it's going to open up more looks for Joe Harris, so he's going to be even more lethal. That's going to be a very tough matchup. We close out the month versus the Washington Wizards, who, despite the record, will be a tough out, especially when you have Russell Westbrook and Brad Beal, the scoring in the backcourt, which we saw we struggled with against the Trailblazers with CJ and Dame. And if it wasn't for an injury, it probably would have been worse, in my opinion. So that's going to be a tough out. So in my opinion, these next two games are must-wins for Atlanta in order to build some confidence going forward. They got to get some players healthy, heading into a tough stretch. And February, as I said, is tougher than January. They start off the month on the 1st of February against the Lakers here in Atlanta. Then they play Dallas. Then they play the Jazz again, who they just dumped us. Then we play the Raptors, who are playing better ball now. The Mavericks again. The overachieving Spurs. The Pacers, who've looked really good early on this year. The Knicks, who beat us. The Celtics. Then the Nuggets. The Cavs, who beat us. Then the Celtics again. And then we end the month 
with an overachieving Thunder team in the Miami Heat down in the 305. So it will not get easy. So we must win these next two games because it's going to be tough sledding for the next month and a half for this Hawks team. And this is where when we dropped those four straight losses early on hurt the Hawks. We needed those games, especially when you look at the schedule going forward. We needed to win those four games to really keep us at pace four, seven, eight, nine in the East. I think they're still at pace for eight, nine, ten as they are right now. But if they don't take some of these games, especially some of these home games, and they don't rise up to the challenge, it's going to look bleaker and bleaker trying to get to eight. And we're going to have to look for more play-in scenario than a safer position at 7 or 8 for the Hawks. So a tough lesson they're going to have to learn coming up. But hopefully iron sharpens iron and this team will rise up to the occasion against these upcoming challenges. They buy in on the defensive end and continue to work and get better on that end of the floor. And we're going to need great games from John Collins Trey Young, but we're going to need continued contributions from the Magic City Trio. Capella and the bench will continue to get closer and closer to full strength. So we're going to need Rondo. We're going to need Gallo. We're going to need Dunn whenever he's available. Tony Snell to do 3 and D. Hit some big three-point shots and continue to guard. We're going to need everyone. It's going to take all of us down this stretch because it's going to be tough. And we need to try to keep pace for the eighth seed in the East. So that's why I'm as glad as I am they got the win against Minnesota. There's some things that they have to clean up and they got to get some momentum going into the game on Sunday. Obviously, take care of business against Detroit. Hopefully, take care of business again against Minnesota and then get some momentum going into that game against Milwaukee. So even if you don't win that game, but it's close, that's still a confidence builder going forward. The Nets is going to be tough sledding, but still find a way to get some wins here in the next month and a half. So with that, that is all for today. We're going to get you guys back after the Detroit game. And if you love what you heard today, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share it. Tell everybody, everybody like the little baby song about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. And that's no cap, no smoke. Numbers do not lie. Share with fellow Hawks fans and NBA enthusiasts across the globe. Follow us at HoopBallHawks on Twitter. That is at HoopBallHawks. Follow myself, Brad Jarrett67. That is Brad, J-A-R-R-E-T-T-6-7. And as always, yer! And let's get these dubs.